and welcome to episode 387 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my allotment and garden. Now coming up a little bit later on, we're chatting to Lee Connolly, aka the Skinny Jean Gardener, about his new Get Kids Into Gardening School plan. But before that, as always, we have the diary section with what I've been up to over this last week. So it's Saturday the 6th of March 2021 today. I'm just sat in my modern day victory garden after having what feels like a really productive day. Now I'm going to start last night actually. Last night I sowed some asparagus pea. Just some seeds that I had. I've never grown asparagus pea before. So I'm intrigued to see quite how they grow and what they taste like. I'm told the little pods taste like a cross between asparagus and pea. But they're neither a pea nor a, a asparagus obviously. So it's going to be interesting to find out just quite how they work out. But all I've done is sown those in pots into the heated propagator and they will germinate. Now, I'm at the point now where I think every evening during the week I'm going to be either sowing seeds or potting on plants. So that's going to keep me pretty busy in the evenings. I say pretty busy, it's it's something I can just spend a few minutes each day doing and keep on top of myself. Today I planted out some spinach and some onions. These were both grown from seeds and I've had them in my greenhouse in root trainers up until about two weeks ago when I took them out of there and put them in my veggie pod just to keep them a bit warmer and get them acclimatised to outside. Well, I'm running low on space for root trainers so I needed the root trainers so I just put those straight into the ground. Now the spinach has gone in about 30 centimetres apart in a line across the bottom. I actually already had some spinach already planted in this bed anyway. So that gives me five spinach plants just running across the bottom of one of my beds. And then running up the length of these beds, I've got two rows of these onions. The variety is Elisa Craig and they were sown on Christmas Day. Uh, the idea here is, of course, they will hopefully bulk up. I don't have a huge amount of luck growing onions from seeds. I tend to grow more from sets and have a lot more luck. But we'll see how these get on this year. It might be different. Main thing is they're in the ground now. I gave them good watering in. The onions I gave about 15 centimetres apart, so half a foot or six inches. Not quite as much space as spinach, but that should give us plenty of room where they will bulk up. Now I've covered those over with one of my cloches. This is a corrugated perspex with an aluminium frame that I inherited from my granddad. That will just help keep the temperature a bit warmer in them. But what I've got to remember to do is add water or water them because I do have a tendency to forget about that. After that I gave the lawn its first cut. Now on the lawn we had a pile of leaves from our ivy that we took down and I've been meaning to chop them up so I can get them into the compost heap for a while and today just seemed about right. So I ran over the lawn and chopped all those little bits up. They all go in the compost heap. Because they're chopped up they will heat up pretty quickly and produce compost fairly quickly especially as I add the waste from my chickens and my quail. All in all it just goes a long way to producing a lot of compost pretty fast and it, it seems to work for me. 
So, yeah, that's what I've been up to today, a productive eve afternoon here in the modern day of Victory Garden. Lots still going on, and I'm feeling like, you know what, I'm happy with how this garden is starting to play into, into how it looks. We've still got plenty of beetroot and other plants that we can still eat, so it's still producing even at this time of year. Um, we've got leeks as well, thinking about it, and spring onions. So there's plenty still going on. But more importantly, there's plenty more going to be happening as we go on throughout as well. Right, well, I'm hoping to go down the allotment tomorrow, so let's find out if that happens. So it's Sunday the 7th of February 2021 today. I'm down on my allotment and I spent a few hours down here today. I would have liked to spend a bit longer, I'm a bit pushed for time today, but it's a beautiful day and it's one of those days I could have just done with getting a lot more done. But what have I done? Well, first thing I did, now you may remember last week I said I built some new beds out of corrugated iron. Well, where they were built, before I built the beds, I had some weed suppressor membrane, which I lifted but I kind of piled up in a corner and didn't really do that very, very neatly at all. So what I did with the weed suppressor membrane was actually I laid it out a bit nicer, a bit neater, but also covering areas where I have no beds. Basically just to continue doing what I say I, I want to keep doing is keeping the weeds down. And this weed suppressor membrane, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of it, it does do a pretty good job at keeping the weeds down. And that's covered actually quite a large area that would basically otherwise be um, be redundant. So, yeah, saved me a bit of a job to do for the time being. Now, after that, I then went to one of the other wooden beds that I put into place last week. And this is going to be the onion bed, but I've just filled that up with compost out my compost bin after first laying down about three layers of cardboard. I had a conversation last week with a member on the on this allotment site who I sort of said my biggest trouble here is a battling cooch grass. And he says you need about three layers of cardboard and the, the cooch grass doesn't seem to grow through it. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. I've got plenty of cardboard and it's a freedom thing to get hold of. So I've just laid it down in the bottom and then covered that over with more compost. We'll see how that gets on. This bed is going to be for onions. Now, after that, I fired up the lawnmower and I mowed down the grass area just outside my allotment. This is sort of a, a parking area, a drive area, that sort of thing where to get access to our allotments we drive up and down it but it's not used all that much but the grass here there does need mowing and once in a while the council will come along with their tractor to do it but i just figured i've got the lawnmower and i want the grass clippings for a mulch so i ran around that area and just got a a mower's bag full of grass clippings and i've used that grass clippings to mulch my garlic bread now the idea here is if you don't know the the the, the grass just lays on top of the soil it acts as like a bank blanket suppressing weeds and retaining moisture in the soil. I experimented with this last year and I tried grass and straw and I found grass to be a lot more successful. So I'm gonna continue using grass this year. I can always add straw 
at a later date if need be. What my theory is why I felt grass was a bit more successful was the fact that because I battled so much with cooch grass, the cooch grass as it grow could work its way through the straw because it's quite thick. Uh, whereas the grass forms a bit of a, a tighter blanket and therefore should just cover it over pretty nicely. We'll see how well that works of course and and I'll report back at a later date. Most of all, I just feel it looks a bit tidier in some ways, having this bed covered in grass clippings as opposed to bare soil where weeds are. And I do get a lot of weeds on my allotment. Um, you'll hear me often say that I spend hours and hours weeding down here. Now, I followed that up with, while the lawnmower was cooling down, I built another bed. Now this is up on the other half of the allotment, just behind where one of the corrugated iron beds I built last year. And again, this bed is going to be for growing onions this year. It's made out of my old decking board that I had a bed at home made out of this stuff. Uh, so I've just basically put that into place. I, I brought it down in the back of a van, loaded it up yesterday and brought it down in the back of a van. Pull it into place and well, that's all I've done with it so far. This week I'll collect a load of cardboard again and I will place three layers of cardboard in the bottom of that and then empty another compost bin to fill that up. Now, after that, I packed everything away and I went around doing a little sort of to-do list, something I often talk about that I, I like to do. And I've got to admit, I feel at the moment my allotment is a bit of a mess. I haven't been down here much over the last few weeks uh, due to one reason or another. The weather is starting to park up now, so it means I can spend a bit more time down here. And I'm going to spend a bit more time down here. Next weekend I am on call, but my plan is to come down on Saturday and just try and do as much as I possibly can. If I don't get called out, I will spend all day down here. Basically running around, tidying things up, picking up bits of broken glass, bits of, bits of debris. Um, cleaning out a load of weeds, chopping back trees and bushes, straightening trees and bushes and chopping all the waste material up to load into the compost bin. There's plenty to keep me busy, but of course I'll tell you how do I get on with that in next week's podcast. Right, well that is it for today. It is Monday the 8th of March 2021 today. Thought I'd be able to squeeze in another update today because, well, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to have a full day at work. Now, today at work, I had to go quite a distance, quite far away, which meant I could get to a garden centre that sells some of the wood that I like to use for building my beds. And sure enough, on the way home, stopped off and I managed to get four pieces of wood in order to complete my last bed at home. Now, this is going to be my Christmas dinner bed, so it's going to be built during this week or at the weekend. Go into place um, where the chickens used to be before I moved them into the newer cage. It's going to be 2.4 metres by 1.6 metres like the other two. Basically, that's going to give me three complete beds for growing our food in this year. And I'm really excited to be doing it because that is my last bed that I need built this year here at the home plot. So moving forward is what I'm aiming to do and I think that certainly sounds like we're going to be doing that 
once I get this bed built. Now, I didn't have time to do it tonight. I got the podcast to make. So once I got home, I just offloaded this wood. But I did spend a few minutes in the garden doing a, a bit more um, gardening work. Sorry, I just got distracted by my chickens squealing. There was a bird that fluttered over and it seems to scare the chickens from time to time when it happens and they let out this little squeal. It's uh, happening more and more often, I've noticed. Chickens are desperate to come out their pen, though. Anyway, so yes, what I managed to do today was actually pump some water out of my water butts that are attached to my downpipes and into some of my other water butts that I have scattered over the, the garden that do not have downpipes attached. This is just my way of trying to harvest and store as much water as I possibly can. And I have water butts everywhere. Now, the ones that have downpipes on them, I, I usually try and attach more water butts to those where I can. And that does help, of course, but it's not always practical to do that due to, well, sizes, places, etc., etc. So I have a few scattered over the place, and I've pumped some more water out, some of these rainwater butts, into some other tanks, just to fill those up. We're expecting rain this week, so that should go a long way to helping me deal with that and while the water was pumping i actually sewed into my veggie pod some lettuce spring onions and carrots now i love my veggie pod and anybody who knows about it will know that i use it quite regularly and i've got a system now where every three weeks i'm trying to sow some more seeds into it by splitting my veggie pod into four corners i find that that works really well at keeping on top of keeping ourselves fed and keeping food going throughout that veggie pod. I've spoken about this on a forum, but yes, I just scattered some more seeds into that, turned the water on to water it, and that is up and running. Well, that is it for today, and that is it for this week's diary section. So I'm going to run a commercial break, and then we'll be back with Lee Connolly in the podding shed. <music> A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month, I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind-the-scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to thevegroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and t-shirts. Or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others. It all goes a long way to help supporting the VegGround podcast. Well, I'm joined again by what I'll call my co-presenter, because he's probably on here more times than anybody else. One of my best friends, Mr. Lee Conley. Lee, welcome back to the VegGrow podcast. Oh, hello, mate. Do you know what? I actually described you as my best friend, one of my best friends the other day to someone. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, well, 
it's amazing how this gardening podcast lark has brought us together. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, brought us together, mate. So we're going to be talking about your school plan in just a moment. But firstly, I've got a question from a listener, um, which I thought we could try and answer together. Should we? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Hi, Richard. I'm a new uh, member to the Supporters Club. Absolutely loving the seeds. Already sown most of the uh, ones I got for February. Just had a quick question about raised beds. Um, I'm adding four into my garden this year, which is terrifying. Um, and I just wondered, what do I need to do to prepare the ground that I put them on? Do I have to like get rid of the grass? Do I have to like put a weed membrane underneath them? Or can I literally just plonk them on the grass and fill them with soil? Thanks very much. Bye-bye. I thought that's that's quite a good question for a newbie, especially um, something that perhaps we don't often address. What's your thoughts? Depends how deep the raised beds are, really, to be honest with you. Because it was just if it's like a, um, I don't know, if it's like just a what are they called railway sleeper size, mm-hmm. I'd probably put some cardboard down under it first and then go over it. Yeah. Um, you know anything if you're going straight onto grass if you can get even if you probably probably just take the grass up but it does depend how deep you're um you're gonna go with it you can always you always take the grass up flip it over so it's facing downwards and then you've got a bit of soil there already didn't you what do you think well what i would do is what you said originally is lay about three layers of cardboard down and then heap my compost on top of that and then plant into that that cardboard will then rot away eventually but it also smother out that grass so it won't grow to me that's the easiest way i feel of tackling that if you use something like weed membrane it'll do the same job but that weed membrane is still there and when it comes to digging it up as we know with allotments it causes no end of problems, so I wouldn't go down that route. It's such a mess, that stuff. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, the idea of digging up the grass is pro- probably most people do, and if you're trying to level your garden at the same time, it's probably going to work in its favour as well. But the easy way, lay cardboard down. Yeah, and the cheapest, isn't it? So it's good. Well, oh, I'll tell you one thing, right? <clears throat> this was mentioned on my show the other week, but um, it was someone said put membrane on the sides of a raised bed to protect it. Uh-huh. What, what are your thoughts on that? See, I don't do that because uh, somebody also said pop plastic like old compost bags or in a compost bin as well do the same. I don't do it for the very simple reason: when I get my hoe and I go up against that bed of wood, I'm going to cut into it anyway, so it's going to lose its protection and going to end up with these tiny little bits of plastic in the soil. Yeah. Now, the plastic is there to stop the wood from rotting because it's constantly in contact with the soil and damp and what have you. Well, I my original beds on the allotment were made out of pallet wood, so they lasted four or five years with no problem, with no real protection. Now I'm going into the thicker stuff, it's probably going to last a lot longer, so I'm not worried. Basically, keep it as natural as possible, yeah? That's my thoughts. Everyone's got their own different opinions, and they're all entitled to that, of course. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will say, pop plastic up to stop it from rotting. <laughs> anyway, Lee, we're gonna, you're here to talk about your, your new school plan. But before we get into that, we've got a few new listeners. Let's find out a bit about who you are and your background in a brief summary. 
Yeah, I suppose if you're a new listener, you wouldn't really know who I am, would you? It's been two weeks since I was on the show last. <laughs> um, basically, I, in a in a nutshell, I'm a children's gardener. Well, I'm a podcaster, but I'm also a children's gardener. And um, I've been doing it for for seven years now. I've been, I've been doing kids gardening for seven years. And uh, that blows my mind, especially when my daughter's only five and a half. So uh, for a good year and a half of that, I was um, getting kids gardening through uh, doing bits on the tally back in the day now. I can actually say I feel like a granddad saying that. But yeah, I mean, that's where I got into kids gardening from doing the Blue Peter stuff. And uh, I've never looked back. I love doing it. And uh, since I had my daughter, I've got even more into it and worked out what works and what doesn't work. It's the most important thing. Um, with uh, telling parents what to do with their kids. That's very easy when you're a 20-something-year-old and you've not got a kid. You say, oh, just just go out back, get a bit of this, get a bit of that, put it all together, and boom. And then uh, once you have a child, you realise that doing stuff with kids is slightly, <laughs> slightly more difficult than uh, than it is just in an instruction book. Um, but yeah, man. So, so uh, kids gardener and school school gardening as well, which is obviously um, is one of the reasons I'm here today to speak to you. Yes, yeah. Uh, last year you brought out a book about how to get kids gardening. I did. I forgot. Almost forgot about it. Thanks for mentioning it. You're welcome. And added to that, you did a, a school tour last year where you went around. How many schools was it in the end? We went around 20 schools, and uh, and then at the same time, we had another 20 schools doing an online thing. So altogether, we got 10,000 children in one week gardening, which uh, which literally, on the, the week this podcast goes out, is the birthday of that week, Yeah, um, strangely. And uh, it was incredible. Like, Don't get me wrong, it was incredible, dude. Like, I loved it, and uh, we had a great time. At the time, I was like quite tired from it. But obviously now, since everything that's happened in the world, uh, I'd do anything to go back to to tour the country and and visit schools. It was a, it was an incredible experience. So yeah, ten thousand kids in one week was uh, was great, and um, I can't believe it was a year ago. Mm. From doing that that school tour, did this lead on to develop this school plan? It did. Do you know? Do you know what? When I did the school tour. It was very much like I always get asked to go to schools, and I don't mind going to schools. I love I love visiting schools. I love seeing the kids individually, and um, and you know, pre COVID, life was busy. Like I was traveling around a lot. I was vi- I was visiting schools. I was going to shows. I was doing the podcast, uh, and uh, yeah, I also had a family, so it's <laughs> so I had to remember that uh, they were important as well. And uh, so I kept getting asked to go to schools. And so I said, let's do it all in one week. Let's just get as many schools as possible, many kids involved. And we we did that. And it was great. And it was part of a campaign. So we got MNS on board and it was wicked. And they were very supportive of it. And it was great. And um, I loved it. One of the things that we found, I got uh, my good friend AD would come and filmed it for a documentary we made on it. And one of the things I found halfway through it was that the tour was amazing, but it was very much like, and don't get me wrong, my ego is big enough for this. It was very much like I was Jesus on the back of a pickup truck, throwing seeds at children, hitting them in the eyes. And, no, I didn't hit any kids in the eyes. 
Yeah, have some <laughs> siege, child. Away you go and grow. And that looked amazing for the campaign, and it got kids excited about gardening. But what I found throughout that tour was that afterwards, and no, no, um, no bad on MS's part because they were wicked, but they didn't want to follow up from it. They yeah. didn't want to follow up. They want to continue that. And I said, obviously, before everything happened, that I would anyway. I'd just do it for nothing. I'd follow up and make sure that they got allotment started. Obviously, that didn't happen in the end because COVID came along. But um, but what I found halfway through that week was that there is no follow-up and there was um, other campaigns, pots with soil in and nothing really happened and just sort of dumped on the side. And I thought to myself, yeah, this is amazing for this week. The kids are excited. The teachers are excited. But is this just going to be a pot of soil with a little plant on the side and just left to die. And I think for some of the schools I visited, it was that case. Mm. Some of them, I got great feedback. They were like, yeah, we've done great. But it was those, and which is nice. And I think in any sort of like, you know what it's like doing podcasts, you always get some really nice comments. Sometimes you don't get some nice comments. And it's always those comments that are not so positive that stick out on your head. Yeah. And um, from uh, those negative ones, I thought like, we can't be having this. I can't keep doing campaigns to get kids gardening and having no follow up and nothing to 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 really push that message through and make it happen. And I get it for brands because you know it's good for them to be seen to be doing stuff, but it's always at the start of the year and that's it. And um, and it's difficult for me to like, I, I, I almost feel like when I talk about this stuff, I'm sort of spiting myself a little bit because I'm like, hey, brands, you need to, to wise up because this is this is ridiculous. And they're going to go, well, we'll just go to someone else. And I get that. Like, I, I understand that that's probably the case. But, um, and that, so I thought, you know what? Like, if I really want to make this happen, and we went through a hell of a year last year where it's very much like, what is what is life right now? What is What is life? And what do I want at the end of my time to be my legacy? And uh, and that is actually properly making gardening easy at schools for teachers. And so throughout last year, from that tour, I um, yeah I created the school garden success plan to um, to really push that home and really make it make it simple for um, for schools to do. Oh, so so. It was born out of doing this school tour, researching what the problem is and working with that. Now, I know a lot more than probably most people know about what's gone on behind the scenes with conversations we've had. So I've got a a slight advantage. But the problems that I know that schools have, one, not all schools have an outdoor space they can garden in. Two, they may have a teacher who's into gardening that comes along and does the class. But if that teacher leaves, it goes by the wayside. Thirdly, I mean, I mean, you might have a fourth in there, second then. Uh, but also there's some amazing parents out there that do some great stuff at schools. But mm. obviously when their child leaves school, then they're not going to be like 10 years down the line still there pushing it. And un- understandably, do you know what I mean? So there's no continuation of oh. anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe that happens with PTA members of schools and staff as well. They get involved when their kids are there. As soon as the kids leave, they don't want to know. 
course, and that's no diss on anyone because yeah. I understand it. I like my daughter's at her school, and I love her school. I think they're great, and I love the head teacher. I have the teachers there, and um, if I wasn't doing this school gardening thing, uh, once my daughter leaves that school, I wouldn't care <laughs> about yeah. her. Yeah. I don't come speaking to me, mate. She's in secondary school now. See you later. <laughs> uh, I get that. I understand that that feeling. So you know that's also a problem as well. Yeah. So how does this school plan solve the problem with these three problems that we've identified? Yeah, it takes out the um, the pressure of having that one single person. So that one single person to, to make it happen basically so we we did the tour last year and i met some amazing teachers i also met and these are the ones that actually made a real big difference to my mindset was the teachers that um the ones that are not really they don't love gardening they don't really want to be outside and they're like this is uh I don't, you know let's get back in the classroom let's of it and those are the ones that made the big difference to me because actually this plan it is for the teachers that want to push gardening out there and it is for them and the ones that want know that the positives of getting kids outside. But it's it's very highly pushed on the ones that are not into gardening because I want it to be easy. I want it to be a simple yes for them to turn around and say, hmm, this gardening thing's not really my thing, but this plan has made it such an, an easy yes to that, like, get out there and do it. How can I really stop stop the kids from doing it? Like, how can I really say no to them? Mm. Um, and so they, those are the teachers that really made a difference to me. me. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful hearing from all the teachers that are really positive about it and really pushing it. But it's, it's the negative ones that, like, like, we go back to that again, the negative ones that really um, I'm aiming at like, yeah. to really get out there. So... Reading between the lines here, what you're saying is this school plan is like a textbook that the teacher can follow and sort of pick up and say, right, we're gonna, ah, that's what we're gonna do tomorrow. There you go, it's all set out. Yeah, let me, I tell you what, let me, uh, so this is the plan in its entirety, entirety, okay? So basically, what the schools get, they get a raised bed, they get, um, they get the seeds that they need for the year, the entire year. So we're aiming to grow throughout the whole year. One of the things that I really found was a great excuse, and we can always come up with excuses. Oh, we're not here in the six weeks. We're not. So everything dies. Well, the raised bed we're using, oh, you've talked about it before on, on this, this show, is the veggie pod. Yeah, um, perfect. Makes it so simple. It's so, I'll tell you how to, Yeah, I'll talk about Right, so I'm filming at the moment. This is going to be tangent. Just everyone listening, brace yourself. This is tangent central. <laughs> Um, I was filming the other day for the plan. Brilliant. Love being back filming. And the veggie pod was there. And the head teacher came out and goes, oh, wow, this is wicked. Like, we could have one of these outside every class. And I was like, well, that is the point, right? And uh, she was like, oh, wow. So basically, obviously, you know, with a veggie pod, you can plug it into a hose pipe, whack that on a timer, sorts it out over the six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also, you know, it holds water as well, which means that you don't have to worry so much. Um, and I was like, excited about that. So so they get the veggie pod, they get the seeds, they get a, a voucher to go. Now, this is interesting, right? So compost is difficult to get delivered on the scale that we want to. We've got 30,000 plus schools that we want to hit over the next 
four years to get this into to get compost sent in in like that is difficult and expensive right and i saw that as a bit of a downside because i wanted to deliver everything in one go and then uh i spoke to the hga belt uh garden center vouchers so the teachers can go in to a garden center and get peat free compost which i know is we're big on here about peat free it's very important and get those bags now not only does that get teachers into garden centers but also get some seeing other plants, knowing where to get their things from, because we know that garden centres really are the place we want children to be looking to go in the future when they're older, to keep garden centres going. Yeah. Um, and we talk about garden centres a lot in here, right? So, well, <laughs> you know. I, sorry to interrupt. I also see that as actually the, the, the teacher could say to the kids, again, I, I'm speaking off the top of my head here, so it may not be possible, but say to the kids, Let's do a day trip to a garden centre to get this compost. Yeah, well, exactly. I think I think it could be a, a, a health and safety nightmare to be able to do that. But it's amazing for <laughs> it's amazing for the teachers to walk in to school with these com- the compost bags and explain where they've come from, so at least children know that um, that their garden centres are out there, their local garden centre as well, so they know where it's at. Um, and and this whole plan, I know we're, we're really touching on a lot of subjects all in one answer here. This whole plan is based on, and just getting kids into gardening from schools full stop, is this essential point. We're at, a, we're at a point in our generation right now where parents do not garden. Their parents didn't show them, which means they're not going to show their kids. So if a child comes back from school and says that uh, Mr. Um, Jones got the compost from the garden center mum and dad can we go and see what the garden center is like that's amazing right so we're bringing back information to the home as well so the uh, so they get the compost where was i going with this they get the compost the seeds the raised bed they also get a set of tools as well which i think is like beautiful like the tools we've got from greenman's are amazing they're none of this colorful uh, rubbish they're proper tools yeah proper and um and that's what we want kids to feel part of something they don't want to be felt like their child children don't want to be um to feel like they're being treated as a child mm-hmm. they want to be part of it it's that's just part of life isn't it well yeah well on that note i always feel like we give kids these kids tools which are useless yet we expect them to do exactly the same job that we are more expensive own adult tools do if that makes yeah, sense. Because exactly. if you're asking a, a child to plant a plant in the soil, it may be their own kid's bed, but it's still the same soil that you've got your adult bed in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're the tools that they're so beautiful. So they, each class gets one of them, um, a five sets of them, which is great. And then we go on to the video lessons. So that's what we're currently filming at the moment. Uh, and they uh, they get three lessons a month. Um, I didn't want to overload them too much. Um, to, and then uh, that tells them when to grow stuff, when to harvest stuff. Um, we also do a lot about wildlife as well, which is fantastic to get them outside, look after their school grounds. Uh, so they get all that. And then at the end of it is the teacher support, which I think is so, so important. So you get all of the equipment, you get all of the lessons, you get um, the teacher support. And that is all, so that's one off straight in of, and, one of the, the biggest things, Rich, is um, the relationships I've built over the years with these brands that I'm using have took time. And 
And we and we finally we're not all we've not worked together all the time, but we've worked on little bits together, and we've always looked for that thing that can bring it together. And we're just at that point now with this plan, where I've spent seven years working on relationships with different brands that I want to do stuff with. We have this plan, and together we're going to push it out. And uh, yeah, the idea is by 2025, at least one plan will be in every single primary school in uh, in the UK. Um, exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is very exciting, but I guess there might be a slight downside to this because you're not giving this away to the schools for free, are we? <sighs> yeah, I wish I was, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I do wish I could be able, be able to. I always think if I'd ever won the lottery, I'd like just chuck it, just chuck it into to this because... Uh, it make it so much easier. Each each class is four hundred and ninety nine pound. Yeah. So ideally, if you were a school and you could afford it, you'd have a plan for every single year in primary school, from early years all the way through to year six. Yeah. That would be the the um, the best option, right? But it's four hundred ninety nine quid a class. So yeah. I understand that some schools can't do that to begin with. And because um, the idea is that your 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 child will start in early years, and they're like be messing up, and you know when they're really little. I remember when Oliver was in the early years, and it was only actually a year ago. But she'd mess around with the soil, seeds would go everywhere, um, and so it wouldn't things wouldn't quite work out, right? No stress, doesn't matter because then in year one you'll do it again. Year two, three, four, and by year six, it will be so um, like second nature. To like, right, well, we're going to sow tomato seeds now. All oh, right, we're ready to harvest the beans now. Like, all those things will be like second nature. They'll go into secondary school and know that. Not only will they they know how to do it, hopefully they'll also take that knowledge back home and be either growing on windowsills or growing um, in their gardens or whatever space they've got and taking that back and teaching their parents as well. Like, I think that's important. It's, it's a whole circle of, of uh, grow your own. Uh, gardening love yeah i mean on the on the outset 499 pounds sounds like a lot of money but and i know this from conversations i've had with schools they quite often pay 600 pounds for somebody to come in for one day and do a talk so yeah you told me that i couldn't blew my mind i really should up my prices (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i couldn't believe it either and this was told to me by a head teacher or several head teachers i should say so yeah. they have to justify it, of course, but at the same time, they have to have these people come in and do their talks on various subjects. So they've obviously got the money in order to do that sort of thing. But there's also a chance they could go get grants or something to help pay for this system as well. It's Yeah, sure. There's ways of doing it, right? I definitely. And, um, you know, getting grants, raising money for it. I get, like, it's 499 quid. Like, in the... If you really think about it, you know what the veggie pods are like. You, you've seen the tools we're using; they're gonna last. Yeah, we're looking. I, I mean, I don't want to put a, a limit on it because it literally could still be here in twenty years' time. That one unit outside that, which is crazy thinking about that, right? Yeah, that unit's gonna be sat there, and um, it's exciting. Like it's amazing that that is gonna be part of school life in 10, 15 years' time. Um, so it is a big, it, it feels a big outlay. I mean, not compared to what you were saying about tour, people coming to do talks. <laughs> um, 
But wow, like that is amazing. And once we get at least one unit into each um, primary school by 2025, the plan will only get stronger like throughout the time. It's only get stronger and easier and better and more support. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I can't even tell you how excited I am. <laughs> one of the things, you know, you had me on last year about the book, right? Yeah. And uh, I was excited about the book. But I think I did say to you, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I was like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm happy to bring a book out. But oh, it was hard sitting down and concentrating on writing a book. <laughs> I love, I, I've loved every part of the process over the past year of creating this plan. And uh, and it goes back to, once again, like, what what um, what's your, what is your legacy? What have I actually really got into this gardening thing for? Is it to stand on the back of a pickup every year and look uh, like Jesus or is it to actually make a, a proper difference and uh, I think that's what, we're, that's what we're doing with this plan I think it's very exciting yeah yeah I, I again I know I'm privy to certain information that isn't in the public well, it probably isn't in the public now so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of got a good idea of what's in the plan and I know for a fact how well researched you've done you've worked this out from not just from a gardening perspective but from a school perspective so we you've gone to something that teaches gardening in school and you've got them to sort of say that what the problems what can you do about this and that and you've learned from them it's interesting like at the start of this conversation we talked about when i was on blue peter and i got thrown into that kids gardening thing and i didn't have a i didn't have a daughter and uh, we come up with some fun ideas, but I was a year and a half into gardening and I was coming up with ideas. And I loved that time, don't be wrong, but sometimes I look back at it and think, I didn't really, I, you know, I didn't really know, not know what, what I was talking about, but really know what parents needed at that point. And then now looking at seven years of talking to teachers, talking to children, talking to parents and find out about this, I feel like, you know, all of that research and all of that time has been been worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's all coming to this one thing that's um, that can really help. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, I think we've kind of gone over this enough tonight. Now, if anybody wants to find out more, where do they head to? Uh, head to skinjingana.co.uk forward slash school success. Uh, if you want to find out, see how how different I am now. You, you, I used to say, "Oh, just search Skinny Jean Gardner." dot co. dot uk forward slash school success. School success. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much to for joining me on this podcast, Lee, and I wish you all the success in the future with this. Uh, to everyone who is listening, thank you so much for joining us. Please do go check Lee out. He's worked so hard on this, and I really do generally mean I hope it's a success. If you want to get in touch with me, it's richard at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk via email. You can head to the website at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk, leave a comment on the blog, uh, or join the supporters members club, of course. And you can find me on social media, just search for the Vegrower Podcast. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back again next week where I'm going to be talking about how I grow potatoes. Until then, please take care.